I'm going to cut right to it. Stop saying I have to. Just eradicate it from your vernacular. Stop saying I got to go do this. I have to go do that. I ought to go do this. Because using that type of language is super damaging. And I'm going to outline some really key ideas that will help you remove this internal talk and vocalized talk. You're going to feel more free. You're going to feel more calm. You're going to feel less stressed. If you do exactly what I lay out in this solo cast, your life will improve. Now, that is a pretty big claim. I understand that. I know that promising somebody, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, promising someone that you're going to make their life better is a pretty big thing to say. But this is grounded in hundreds and hundreds of hours of coaching. Now, before I dive into the nuts and bolts of how to stop saying I have to, why you should stop saying I have to, uh, I want to give a little bit of a context. So, you know, some of you know that I am a life coach. Some of you don't. Uh, I've been life coaching, certified, working with clients from India to Germany to South America and that's why I know that this will work. It will work. If you do what I suggest, this will free your mind, Neo. This is, this is big. So in my experience working one-on-one with a wide range of people, sports stars, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nine-to-fivers, doesn't matter. I've worked through so many different problems that people have. They hire me because they want to move forward in their life boldly, confidently. And so in that time where I have been working with people, I keep, it just, it it inevitably comes up at some point as I'm listening to them talk, as I'm trying to get an understanding for what they want out of their life, how they want to spend their days. It always comes up. You know, they have this idea in their mind that they have to do this thing or they have to do that thing. And it could be something simple. I have to work out today or I have to go on a diet. I have to lose 10 pounds. I have to manage my stress more effectively. And I say, cool, those are excellent goals to have. Yes, you're going to be happier, healthier, smarter, stronger, more love, more fun in your life if you do those things, if you exercise, if you stay on top of your finances, if you get better sleep. But when you say, I have to, then what it does is it disempowers your agency. So when you say, like for example, let's just say I have to exercise. A lot of us have said that. You may have said it today to yourself. When you say that, it actually takes away your power. Because you're putting this imaginary pressure on yourself. It's this like, it's not up to me to exercise. I have to. Now, I know between you and me, I know that we use it sort of casually. We, we use this terminology when we're thinking to ourselves, when we're talking to others. 
but words are really powerful. And especially now when there are exceeding pressures upon us to provide for our families, to protect ourselves and boost our immune systems, there are these external pressures that that come to us. But when you say, the moment you say, I have to exercise, what that does is it, it detaches you from that thing that's important to you. It actually separates you from your responsibilities. And I'm going to go through exactly why this works, how this works, and how to correct this. And I, nine times out of 10, when people, clients of mine, go through this process, they find that after a couple of days, they have way less stress in their life. And I'll explain how that works. So when you say, I have to exercise, you're, you're disempowering yourself because you're externalizing your responsibilities. It's, you're separating yourself from the things that are important to you. And it also creates an unneeded pressure. It piles on your responsibilities and obligations and the things that are meaningful in your life, but it just Think of it this way. Maybe if you're into metaphors, maybe you'll, this will resonate with you. When you say, I have to, you're putting like a brick in your backpack that you walk, walk around with every single day. This, this backpack, this metaphorical backpack that you walk around with every single day is external pressures, responsibilities, you know, things that uh, that are relevant for you to address in your normal everyday life, your job, your home, your money. But when you say I have to, it's like, okay, I'm going to take this brick that I just plucked out of the ether and I put it in my backpack. And so now it just creates this unneeded pressure. But it even goes deeper than that, right? We know that... So we know that our subconscious mind is created in the ages of zero to seven. So all of the ways that we see the world, cultural norms, communication norms, all of that stuff is developed in our subconscious mind between the ages of zero and seven. And so we're not actually learning how to be, we're just sort of observing how to be, we're sort of absorbing it. And these types of social norms uh, uh, idioms, you know, figures of speech that we, that we sort of observe in this formative age, uh, oftentimes work against us. You know, when I did, uh, the podcast interview with Bruce Lipton, he was saying that 95% of our, uh, thoughts, 95% of the actions that we take in this world, in our normal everyday life come from this zero to seven phase when we are developing our subconscious mind. And almost always, almost all of those thoughts are self-limiting. So these ideas around who we are or our potential, our place in the world, all of that stuff is formulated in this very early time. And if you grew up in a house where maybe your parents were strict or perhaps there was a lot of pressure inside your house, your parents told you, you have to go clean your room. You have to finish your peas. All of this stuff then gets integrated into our, uh, into our mind and then just becomes who we are. So when we know that that narrative, this I have to do this, I have to do that, 
you have to clean your room, you have to clear your plate, you have to, you know, be nice to your sister. All of these things now are embedded in our subconscious mind and are now running the show. 95, I think it's like 95 or even 98% of our decisions come from that place. So when you as a grown adult, a grown up who's managed to stay alive and feed yourself and, you know, achieve your responsibilities, when you do that, your when you say i have to i have to exercise i have to lose 10 pounds i have to uh even important stuff like i have to pay my bills what you're doing is you're actually infantilizing yourself you're actually bringing yourself back you're sort of parenting yourself shaking your finger at yourself saying you have to do this when no you don't you don't you know I use this example a lot you could drop everything move to Tulum tomorrow and never look back, not talk to any of your friends or family, not pay any of your bills. Of course, there will be consequences to that, but it's within your uh, freedom to do so. So when you say, I have to exercise today, you're actually talking down to yourself as if you are a child in this formative years of zero to seven. And so every time that you do that, for some people, it's seven times a day, 10 times a day. For some people, it's constant throughout the day in their professional life, uh, in their personal life. It's it's constant. And I've found that, that is this is the reality in the people that I've been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of coaching is that so many people do this. In fact, really, really highly effective people, business owners, CEOs, entrepreneurs, you know, managers, people who have their shit together, often say, oh, I have to do this, or I've got to get this done. The fact of the matter is, is you don't. So when you say that to yourself, you are disempowering yourself. You are separating yourself from your responsibility and sort of externalizing your reality. And you're making yourself baby like a little baby. It's a bizarre thing to think about, but you're actually making yourself small when you say, I have to, or I've got to. The other way that we use this I have to uh, terminology, and let me just say this really clearly, I have to, I should, I gotta, it's all the same thing. It's like this external obligation upon yourself. You're projecting an external pressure on yourself, putting a brick, taking a brick out of the ether, putting it in your backpack and say, now this is what I have to do. Sorry, it's not up to me. I just have to do this. When you're doing that, there's another instance in which we use this terminology and it's when it's we're scapegoating or avoiding things that you would rather not do. How many times have you been invited to something or had the opportunity to go see or hang out with people and you say, nah, sorry, I can't, uh, can't meet up for, I can't go to the show tonight or I can't meet up for coffee. I have to pay bills or, you know, I have to watch my kids or, you know, I have to, whatever. When you do that, you're not being true to yourself. Now think about that. When someone invites you to do something and you say, sorry, I can't, I have to mow the lawn. It's not true, is it? It's not, it's not actually what's going on. You're not, you don't have to mow the lawn. You actually don't have to pay your bills. Again, there are consequences to this, but you're not being true to yourself because if it was important to you to go see this person, or if it was important to you to do some sort of event or, or engage with with any other activity, then you would do it. You would find a way to do it. You'd find a way to get it done. So 
when you say, oh, I can't, I have to do X, Y, Z, you're actually not taking ownership of what you want. And that, whether you observe it or not, that undermines all of your decision making. It really does zap your autonomy. It, 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 it takes away the ownership of your choices. And maybe you don't want to let your friend down and say, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to go meet up for coffee. That would be better, truer, resonated a higher vibration of consciousness than saying, oh, I have to watch the Super Bowl. I have to, you know, whatever. So just in a quick recap as to uh, how we use this I have to language is when you use it, A, it disempowers you. It detaches you from the ownership of your responsibilities. It separates you from the things that you could be doing in your life, good, bad, or indifferent. It creates unneeded pressure upon yourself that you're just sort of volunteering around because you're using sloppy language. It infantilizes you. It makes you a baby. When you say I have to, it's like your upbringing where you had to clean your room or you had to uh, finish your peas. <laughs> Silly examples. You're using it as a scapegoat rather than being fully aligned with the decisions that you're making, the things that you want to do, the things that you don't want to do. And that is damaging. It's like you're, you're kind of faking yourself out. So now I want to move on to part two of five of this idea. And just to tease this, keep listening, keep watching, whether you're on, um, I'm doing this for those of you listening in Macedonia, Australia, China, Norway, uh, if you're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, thank you for being here. I'm also doing this live on Instagram and also on Facebook. So part two of these five parts of this idea, I'm going to get eventually to a place where this can be actionable for you and you can eradicate this forever. You can stop using this language that disempowers you. So part two is when you are thinking about your responsibilities when you're thinking about the things that are important to you, like paying your bills, like being present for your children, like whatever, showing up to that 9 a.m. Zoom call. When you say, <coughs> pardon, I have to, you're missing the greater responsibility that is all voluntary, you know? This time, this time in the world, uh, people are using the term the great resignation. So many people, so many of my clients now are either have quit their job, are planning to quit their job, or want to quit their job because there's this massive mix-up happening where people can work from wherever, they can live wherever they want. And so when you say, I have to, you know, sorry, I have to go to this meeting, even that small thing, which is a high import in your life. It is a serious responsibility. If you are expected to attend the nine o'clock meeting to kick off the workday on a Monday morning with work, that's important. That is a responsibility. That is something that, that, that would be good if you did, but you don't have to. You could not show up to that 9 a.m. meeting. You could decide not to work out. But when you say, I have to, immediately it undercuts you time and time and time and time again. So one of the solutions 
for the alternative of saying, I have to do this, or I should do this, or I got to do this, is to organize for your productivity. So the things that are the most important to you will get done, that you you will show up at the 9 a.m. meeting. If, you, if it's important for you to see your friend that invited you out for coffee, you will show up. You'll go meet up for coffee. But if you give up all your power and you say, well, I have to show up for this meeting. No, you don't. You could quit today. You could never show up for that 9 a.m. meeting. Again, I use this example. You could just take off, move to Tulum, never come back, never talk to anybody, any of your friends or family ever again. You could do that. There are consequences, but it's your choice. But if you orient and organize your life for the things that are most important to you, like generating income, like staying fit, managing your stress, these things that are important to you, but you do not have to do, it changes this perspective. That little shift of getting rid of this have-to language totally shifts your perspective. And like I said before, I've seen this work dozens and dozens of times and, and it really frees people up to live a less stressful life. You have to know and understand in your heart that freedom of choice is always present for you. I come from the sort of spiritual or philosophical understanding that, that free will and love govern the cosmos, right? So you have the free will to do whatever you want. You can change yourself. You can move. You can become celibate monk and meditate under a Bodhi tree. Totally cool. That's fine. You have the choice to do that. But if there are things that you are intentional about, there are things that are important to you, you can organize your life to make sure that those things get done. Not because they have to, but because they're important to you. So one way that I think about this sort of more general strategy for prioritization of your life is this thing called the six item to-do list. The six item to-do list is really simple. Uh, and I'll just outline it really quickly. Every evening at the end of your work day, you come up with six items. Those six items are the most important things for you to do the next day during your work day. You categorize them in order of priority, one to six, you don't go to number two until number one is finished. And sometimes number one takes half a day. Sometimes it takes two days. For big, giant projects that are the most important things, sometimes it will take a week or even longer. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you prioritize your life, and if you use the six item to-do list, you don't go from one to two, you don't go from two to three until the things, until you finish that task, then that night you reorganize that list, that six item to-do list, and the things that are increasingly important will bubble up to number one or number two. You'll find over time that as you use this six item to-do list in your professional life, you can also use it in your everyday life. When you use this, you'll find that there are a whole bunch of things that are sort of stay in this like number four, number five, number six category. They never get done. They always get relegated. At that time, you have to understand that those things are either not important to you uh, they should be delegated and they will never get done. They will always stay in that like four or five or six category. So there are priority prioritization strategies that I can teach you if you want that will help you figure out how to best move through your day, but you don't have to do shit. You don't, you don't, you do not have to do anything. You have to breathe. <laughs> you have to eat. 
You have to drink water. You have to sleep. That that I mean, really, if we're talking like existentialism, that's about where it ends. So now we've gone through part one and part two. I'm going to recap part two. When you thinking when you're thinking about the things that are important to you, the things that you want to have responsibility for, take ownership of those responsibilities. You don't have to do them. You're choosing to do them because they're important to you. And if you orient your life and you use a six item to-do list or smart goals or whatever sort of systems that you want that will help you be more productive and more focused on the things that you say are important to you, you will find that when you stop using this I have to language, man, the stress just goes out the window. You're not plucking that brick out of the ether and putting it in your backpack. So here's my ask. This is, if, again, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, this is about the time where uh, if you're driving, just listen and then come back and take notes. But I'm going ex- to explain to you specifically on how to get rid of this language forever. If you're watching live on Instagram or Facebook, uh, take note. So watch how often you use it. You know, if you were like me before I figured this thing out, you're using it all the time. You know, for me as an entrepreneur, uh, there are things that are really important that I do. I don't have to, and there are consequences if I don't, but I don't have to, but I'll use, I used to use it in my mind. Oh, I have to do this. I I have to go to the, I have to go to the, you know, the, uh, the post office. I have to grocery shop. I have to exercise. And it's like, well, don't you have choice? Like, don't you have the ability to do those things or not? Like you don't have to do that stuff if you don't want to. But that self-talk, driving it home 10, 20, excuse me, 30, 40 times a day, 100 times a day, you're telling yourself, I have to do this. I have to do that. And every time you do it, you just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. We also use this language, this I ought to, or, oh, I've got to, sorry, I've got to do this. We use it externally. Uh, we, it's a way to signal to others that you're important. <sighs> When you tell other people that you've got a whole bunch of stuff you have to do, then it somehow signals to them in your mind that you're an important person with a lot of stuff going on. And maybe you are. Maybe you are an important person. Maybe you do have a lot of stuff. But the thing is, is that when you say, oh, I have to do this, you're, you're signaling this myth out t- toward people. You know, how many times has somebody, you've invited somebody to go do something and they say, oh, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't meet up for coffee. I have to run to the bank whatever. You know that they, they don't. <laughs> they, they just don't want to get coffee with you. And that's okay. You know, we use, it at, we use it internally. We say it to ourselves. We use it externally. We say it when we're talking about the things that we need to do to the people closest with us. And we use it as an excuse. And it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. So here is the big ask. And this is where really the rubber meets the road. This is, this is, uh, where things get interesting. What my ask is, is you track how many times a day you use that language. Just keep a little notebook or even just keep it on your phone in your notes and just make a little tick mark every time you say to yourself, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I, I, should, I should go do this. I should go do that. I got it. I got it. I have to. I have to. Start tracking it. Begin now if you're listening to this live. Begin now if you're listening to this podcast and just start tracking it. And you will be shocked 
how quickly you realize the frequency of this language, this diminishing, depleting, externalizing your responsibilities. So just keep track of it. You don't have to beat yourself up. You're going to, but you don't have to. (laughs) You don't have to beat yourself up. But when you start tracking this, you'll find that you use it a lot. You use it first thing in the morning. You use it late at night, this have-to language. Track it for a full day. Track it for a full week. But I will tell you, because I've done this so many times with different clients of mine, that after like the end of the first day, you're going to realize, oh my God, I do it constantly. I'm constantly disempowering myself. I'm constantly uh, creating unneeded pressure in my life. I'm constantly scapegoating this have to. So here's the plan. Afterward, after you're tracking this, I have to, I should, I've got to, we are going to reframe it. And there's one really universal way that you can use this reframing technique, which is to say, it's important that I dot, dot, dot. So instead of, oh, I have to just say, it's important that I dot, 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 dot. It's important that I, or it's meaningful for me to dot, dot, dot. Um, It would be good if I, and that's kind of a slippery slope because that sort of value judgment on that action, behavior, whatever, when you say it would be good if I, what you're kind of doing, you're you're, you're kind of doing the same thing, which is like putting a, a value on it rather than this thing's important to me, I'm going to do it. So track it for a, for a full day. You're going to get so frustrated with yourself, but track it for a full day. Track it for a full week if you're like a you know, 100 times a day kind of person. And without beating yourself up, just understand how frequently this narrative governs your life, how limiting you are to yourself, to the outside world. So replace it. Begin after you get the point, like you're going to get sick of it quickly. You're going to be like, oh my God, I got to fix this. This is ridiculous. Switch that language. It's important that I show up for that nine o'clock meeting. It's important that I exercise today. I want to exercise today. It would feel good if I exercise today. If I show up for that meeting at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going to present to my coworkers that I'm of value to the team, right? The easiest shortcut to sort of reroute that language is just to say it's important that I. But what you'll find, what you'll find, well, I'll get to that in a minute actually. You can also say, in order to serve my greatest purpose, I am going to work out today. In order to be my best version of myself, I'm going to exercise today. Doesn't that sound different? Doesn't that sound more productive? Doesn't that sound more uh, uh, more responsible, like more aligned? It's important that I, I mean, I. there are things for me to do today. There's a laundry list. It's 2.30 on a Tuesday. There are things that are important to me that I'm going to be doing today, right after this. So whatever sort of reframing technique that you want to do, 
Take that time to track how many times you say it internally or externally, track it over a day, track it over a week, and then watch how quickly you are irritated by yourself because it's just default. I just, I have to, I have to. No, you don't. I have to. No, no you don't. You don't. So this is part five of, of the five parts of the way that I was conceiving of doing doing this solo podcast. And this is where the this is where the magic happens. And now that you've now that you've acknowledged that this is limiting, now that you've acknowledged that uh, it's disempowering to talk to yourself and others like this, putting onus on some external force that you have to finish your peas, you have to do XYZ. When you track it and then reframe it, what you'll find is that this burden is limited or this burden is, uh, is gone, right? This process where you have recognized it, tracked it, reframed it into something that works for you, something that you like, you'll find that the stress, the added pressure of this have-to language is like totally freeing. Because you do it 20, 30, 40 times a day, like I did before I figured this out, when you get rid of that language, you'll find that the things that are important to you then become more aligned with your behavior, right? So when you are shifting from I have to to it's important that I, the things that actually are important to you, like picking your kids up from school, like exercising, like sleeping, the amount of time of sleep that makes the most sense to you, cleaning your room, cleaning your house. When you say, it's important to me that I clean my house, I want a clean house. It's important for me to keep my body clean. I want to keep my body clean. This this external pressure that just gets packed in and packed in and packed in and has for years. You know, we, We've been doing this probably... Since we were little tiny kids and your parents says, you have to do your homework. It's like, shit, okay, all right. You just internalize it. This burden is lifted. The stress that you experience in your everyday life just totally shifts. This baggage that we carry around with all day, every day, externalizing the important things in our life, making it so that it's somebody else's thing, that they're putting pressure on you, but really it's just you doing that. It takes out a brick from this backpack, this metaphorical backpack that you're carrying around with you. You take the brick out. Oh, you set it down. Oh, I don't have to. I don't have to exercise today. I would feel better if I exercise today. So I will. There is also this greater alignment that happens. I'm doing, for those of you watching on Instagram Live and Facebook Live, I'm doing this thing with my hands. You step into a an ownership of your life. Agency autonomy, sovereignty. You don't have to fill in the blank. You own these things. I want to work out because I feel good. I want to go to bed at 10 instead of midnight because I feel better. You know, it's important that I pick up my kids from school because if I don't, you know, I'm going to be a bad parent. You're aligning more closely with the things that are important to you and you're taking ownership over your life. And without getting too far into the hot topics that I've taken a lot of heat for those of you on Facebook or Instagram that have seen me talking about the COVID response and the whole thing, 
Uh, I got it and recovered, by the way, which is good. It's about what I thought it would be. I'm not going to say like you have to get the, you know, beep. I'm not going to, we're not going to go there. But when you orient with the things that are important to you, your life changes. You feel better from the inside out. You own how you choose to spend your time. Someone invites you to go to do a thing. You say, uh, I'm not in the mood. Thanks for the invitation to go get a coffee, friend. I'm just not in the mood. Or um, there's other things that I'm that I'm focused on. You know, still love you, but I'm you know focused on other things. That doesn't that sound better than oh I can't. I have to brush my hair. Long long hair now. You know, doesn't that sound better? Doesn't that sound more grown up, more responsible than con- than than continuously sort of deferring, putting this external pressure on yourself? If it's important to you, you will do it. You will show up. You will participate. Now, the next sort of added wrinkle to this is when you make this shift and your perspective changes on how you move through the world, how you think of yourself, this may come with a bit of an existential crisis. I'm just, don't say I didn't warn you. When you make this change and you shift your language, you're going to ask yourself, well, what is important to me? What am I on this planet for? What's my purpose? Oh, God. (laughs) Pandora's box opens up. Then you get to this place where you are stepping into your life with more agency, no longer bullshitting yourself around what you have to do or what you ought to do or what you've got to do. This newfound freedom that comes from this is like so liberating. It's this beautiful beginning of the rest of your life without this burden, without this baggage, without this infantilization of how you talk to yourself. That's when it gets good. That's when you begin to see your life more broadly and you begin to plot out your life in alignment with the things that you say are important to you. Maybe your job is no longer important to you. Maybe the role that you're in and the company that you work for at those nine o'clock meetings, maybe that's no longer resonating with you. It's not important to you. You don't have to show up. You don't. You can just not go. Again, there are consequences, but if that's not the right job for you, if that's not the, not the right career for you, if this isn't the right city to live in, if this isn't the right friend group that you have, you don't have to hang out with them. There's no, there's no rule. You literally do not have to be friends with anybody that you don't want to be. Even that is like, oh, geez, man. You don't have to keep putting up with passive aggressiveness from your family. You don't have to talk to them anymore if you don't want to. When you go through this process and you successfully remove that baggage around the words, oh, I have to, then you get to orient yourself with the things that are the most important. That's when things get good. 
Your life opens up. You get to start asking questions around what you want out of your life. Who do you want to spend time with? What sort of activities are fun or you just do because you have this made-up obligation? So this is a big, this is a big, big, big idea. And I'll just reiterate this point again. This, the idea here comes from hundreds of hours of coaching with highly effective people who want to get better. They pay me because they're interested in up-leveling their life. They want to get that job. They want to get that guy or girl. They want to, they want to leave a mark on the world. They want to make more money. I help people do all of that. And when I hear them say in session one or session, it's, it's almost always the first session where someone says, well, I have to, you know, I have to get this done or, um, I really, I really have to read this article or I have to, you know, work is so hard. I've got to, you know, I've got to work late. No, you don't. You really don't. So in this experience of helping people move past this language, the stress goes away. There are lots of other things that can become stressful, come into your life and freak you out. Like I'm not spiritually bypassing hard shit in people's lives, but when it's shrouded in this fake obligation, when it's, when it's, when these made up obligations that you're just sort of projecting on yourself that you learned when you were two years old, that you have to clean your room or 14 years old when your mom or dad said you have to do your homework. Well, you don't have to do your homework anymore. (laughs) You don't have to make your bed. But when you identify what is important to you without this limiting language, then your life changes. I have one more ask. Again, for those of you who are listening to this podcast today with this solo show, send me an email. If you're watching on Instagram, drop a comment, um, hit me up, send me a DM, ask me questions about this. In fact, for those of you that are on Instagram right now, uh, if you have any questions on this, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk to it. Does this resonate with you? Does, does, does what I'm saying seem feasible? Do you think that you could start tracking every single day for the next couple of days how many times a day you say, I have to? Reframe that to a more empowering language. Um, I'd love to hear it. So I'll just take a, a minute or so to open it up to questions if everybody uh, if anybody has questions. One from Facebook, somebody said, what's up, Sean? I need to get up and get after it in the morning. Casey, you do not have to get up and get after it in the morning. You just don't. You would be better for it. You would be more focused. You would be more productive. You would be happier probably if you woke up in the morning and got after it, whatever that means to you. Maybe that's coffee and exercise, meditation. Maybe you got a dialed in morning routine. But the fact is you don't need, you don't need to get up and get after in the morning. There's nobody checking on you. You're a grown-up. I'm a grown-up. We're all adults here. You don't have to. If it's important to you and you like the results that you get from that, then say that. But don't say, I need to get up and get after it in the morning. You just don't. You just don't. So if anybody on Instagram has any questions, I'd love to love to field those questions. Um, anybody else on Facebook has any other questions that they want to ask around this, um, I'm happy to take those. The general idea is you have free will. 
You have autonomy. You have sovereignty unto yourself. So stop telling yourself that you need to do this or that you need to do that and your life will change. I I guarantee it. I've seen it so many times. It's changed so many people's lives. It's made them better leaders, better employees. It's made them more money. It's made them, uh, it's allowed them to have more free time. And it's okay if you, if you catch yourself using it later, it's all good. Don't get mad at yourself, but just reframe it, reframe it. You will be happier for it. Okay, I'm going to sign off on Instagram. Again, if anybody there that watches this has any questions, just send me a DM. See you later, Instagram. Anybody, I'm going to sign off on Facebook. See you later, Facebook. Thanks for thanks for coming in, checking this out. I don't do this stuff very often, but uh, I'll see you later. And for those of you, end the live video. I will end the live video. For those of you listening on the Optimal Performance Podcast, I just want to take a t- take just a quick moment to say thank you because this is such a such a I feel so grateful that I'm able to reach the tens of thousands of people in every episode that I do from around the world. Apparently, there's a lot of people listening to me in the UK and Australia. If you live in those those countries, what's up? <laughs> Uh, this, this is so, I, I like to learn. I like to learn from experts. That's why I have so many, such a wide array of experts that come in and share with me their insights, their knowledge. Um, just like I'm doing today, I've learned this thing and I want to share it with you because I think it will help your life. And, um, your continued listening is, means a lot to me and we've never met. (laughs) We've never met. One thing that, that would massively help me out and this, this, you know, this comes, this comes, it happens. I would love for you to share these episodes with your friends. This one, if this resonated with you, if you're still listening, listening now, 45 minutes in, I just want to uh, make this request. If this was useful to you, send this link, just click the three buttons, copy the link, send it to a couple of friends. Like, damn, try this. I, I would really appreciate that. It's how this, this, this message spreads. Also, if you're still listening, uh, I'll be launching Hale, the custom health optimization platform coming in the next uh, probably four or five months. And it's going to revolutionize the way that people search for health optimization. Google is a terrible, terrible place to find information on health optimization. You can find a whole bunch about medications, pharmaceuticals. You can go down a WebMD rabbit hole and freak yourself out. But when it comes to finding products, services, and resources for health optimization, we just don't have a great tool for it. So I'm building it. I'm going to build it. Well, technically, it's already built. Uh, and I've, I've partnered with a group of incredible people who have launched incredible apps already that have changed um, the, the way that uh, the medical systems aggregate knowledge uh, and, and, and information with health records. And uh, we're going to bring it to you because you deserve to find really good products, really good services, and really good resources that are specific to you. If you're a man, you don't need to worry about your luteal phase of your period. You know, if you're a woman, erectile dysfunction isn't going to bother you. You know, <laughs> it, may, it may bother you. Let me, let me rephrase that. It may bother you if your partner has ED, but you know what I mean. 
Above and beyond that, there are there are age and lifestyle factors that go into providing you with really high quality products, services, and resources. And uh, that's what we've built, and we're going to be rolling it out in the next couple of months. I've been talking about it for, for, man, over a year. Some of you participated in the pilot study. It's coming. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I love you. I don't, we may have never met. One thing, one of my favorite things about Instagram is connecting with people who listen to this podcast. You know, there's, there's a couple, uh, I've made friends, made amazing, made amazing friends uh, online um, just by this podcast alone who resonate with the, the same things that I resonate with, who love the ideas that I share and have amazing ideas of their own Man, meeting some of these people and, and hearing what they do for work and for play is, is uh, just so cool. So grateful. Okay. This set for the uh, solo show. Try that. Start tracking your I have tos and <clears throat> I will see you on the internet.